and welcome to the What's On at Cineworld podcast. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm Laurie Blake. Because we've been told by Luke while he's away to say our names separately from each other. Yep, so you know our voices, I think. I can't say I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Laurie Blake because then when you start speaking, listeners will will be like, what? Who's that person? How will they know it's not you speaking again? Yeah, in just a different voice. If you're also Laurie Blake. I'm a man of many voices. Mm, Do you want to hear two of them? Can you do do impressions from films, though? Because this is specific to films. Uh, These shows. These shows. Who who's that? These shows. It's it's me doing an impression of Paul Rudd doing an impression of Robert De Niro. I think the face was there. The face is the face is actually very, like obviously this is terrible audio content, but Ollie's it's face lost, is yeah. it's like a it's like a picture of Robert De Niro and apparently hands. and his little yeah he's doing the sort of the scoop hands that De Niro These shows. does. But yeah, it's just your regular voice. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and hey, I'm Kermit, and welcome to the Muppet Show. Yay! That's actually pretty good. Cheers, man. That is what's, pretty what's good. You, you, got, you got to give me the impression. I could do Gollum. Mm-hmm. That is good. Yeah. Man, I mean, that's the only one I can do. We were joking about the the move, like the listeners not knowing who's speaking, but. What if I just, they might just think it's Gollum and Kermit. What if I just... Yeah, you do Kermit, I'll do Gollum for the rest of the thing. Well, we've got a really good show coming up for you today, everybody. Here's what's coming up on the show. <laughs> on this week's show, Sony's huge plans for the Spider-Man franchise. We'll go through the latest releases, including finally James Bond! And we'll be speaking to Daniel Craig, who orders you to watch Bond in the cinema. Before we get on with any of that, we have some of the biggest movie news of the year. Nay, decade. The cast for the animated (laughs) Super Mario Bros. movie has been revealed. Chris Pratt Mm. playing Mario. That's cultural appropriation. That's it. It's an it's an interesting choice. When Nintendo did this on the end of their Nintendo Direct uh, and Shigeru Miyamoto came out, there was a little bit of me that was like, oh, is this a sequel to Mario Odyssey? No, no, I'm here to tell you 10 actors who you wouldn't expect to be in a Mario film being in a Mario film. So we had Chris Pratt as Mario. Yes. Charlie Day is Luigi. That's inspired. Anya Taylor-Joy is uh, Princess Peach. Jack Black is Bowser. I think Jack Black as Bowser is great casting. I Charlie Day is no, Luigi's I do. I do actually. Good. I do think Charlie Day is Luigi's great, but it it makes me want Danny DeVito to be Mario, yes, or to be Toad. But Keegan Michael Key is Toad. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it is, fa- and then oh sorry, and then Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. 
<laughs> doing that little <laughs> Seth Rogen laugh. Like. <laughs> he actually posts on social media that his mum has no idea what's happening. It's like, what? But how are you playing Donkey Kong? Oh man, I just, yeah. I think it's it's very interesting the casting because like also because I think the, the the internet's reaction to Chris Pratt being announced as Mario is fascinating because the same guy has been the voice of Mario in every Mario game since Mario 64 which is the first one where he ever made a, a anything that could be seen to be resembling speech and it's Charles Martinet who's done all, all of the voices he also does the voices of Wario and Waluigi and that kind of stuff and he is going to be in some surprise roles in the film according to the announcement which I would assume means Waluigi and Wario. Yeah, I think that's why people are a bit like, oh, that's strange. But also Mario doesn't talk very much. So oh. this is going to be quite a departure for Mario, whose main things that he says is, Mamma Mia, and oh no. I think they're just going to do Lego Movie. Do you think? And they've looked at Chris, so Mario becomes sentient. We've already had Donkey Kong mm. in Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, and Chris Pratt can do the voice. That's true. But Matt, like... I just, <laughs> is Mario something you want to bury, you want to dig too deep down into, you know? Yes. Because like, there's not a lot going on there. He runs, he jumps. He was called Jumpman originally because he's got one mode. Pipes. Jumping, he does pipes. He ne he's never plumbed in his life, really. Plumbers don't crawl into pipes. Well, you don't see what he does on his off day. Like, not his mm. off days, but in his day job. And maybe that's what the film's going to focus on. Maybe. Just an Italian plumber trying to make it in this world. But he's not Italian. Because he's also not a human. He goes, in Mario Odyssey, he goes to a place where he meets, there are actual humans. And Mario is some distorted freak <laughs> from a different world. Oh, what when he goes to the the planet? Yeah, he goes in, yeah, in, yeah. in Mario Odyssey. He yeah, goes yeah, to that. he goes to New Donk City, and mm -hmm. in New Donk City are regular sized human beings, and then there's a Mario running around. You're thinking too much about it. You got to, all this like here. That's continuity. But what do you think? What do you think? <sighs> Go away, continuity. I'm starting afresh. Chris Pratt's here. Charlie Day's Luigi. The other big story uh, that we're talking about today that was on the thumbnail that we should have probably gone into sooner is Sony's plans for the future of the Spider-Man franchise. Because we've all been sitting here looking at Venom, looking at Kraven the Hunter, knowing what Sony had in store before Spider-Man joined the MCU. And we all thought that Sony was trying to separate itself mm -hmm. from it. And then they can have their own ballpark and play over here or but according to Deadline's Anthony D'Alessandro, uh, because Sony's always kept outside the current Spider-Man stuff they're doing with the Disney MCU, Sony's always kept their Marvel stuff separate. And with this Venom, they're actually going to connect to the Spider-Man universe that's being set up with the Disney MCU. So that's the first part of this mm. quote, which means that, I mean, we don't know what that big post credit scene for Carnages yet, mm. but maybe it does actually link Venom and presumably Craven the Hunters coming out, Morbius with Jared Leto, with all the fun MCU stuff. I think that's a really good idea for them. I think like they can have their cake and eat it mm. with the, the way that the MCU is going right now. I think when Marvel resolves whatever this 
storyline is of the multiverse when they get back to one singular uh, verse. Then Sony's a bit like, oh, okay, we're a bit like the Spider-Verse has to either be in, you have to either be in or out, but at the moment it can be out and in at the same time, which I think is, is the way you want to play it. Like Tom Holland can swing over there, jump through uh, the different time streams and land in his own universe. And then you can have all your villains over here, but they can also be part of that as well. I think, yeah, I, this is a really interesting time for films because it's, it's just going to be <laughs> as complex as I think they're ever going to get in terms mm. of like who's in what. What does it mean? What is canon? What isn't canon? What should we be paying attention to? All of it. Go see it in the <laughs> cinema. That's the answer. And, well, I mean, we're obviously from a wrestling background. And one of the big things in wrestling is, oh, what if this promotion and this promotion who never worked together, mm. what if they all joined forces and they started doing all these fantasy matches? Their own views? forbidden door. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we're living through now, now that Disney has bought the rights to the X-Men back, and uh, not mm. back, but, you know, Marvel, etc. Uh, and all the Fox properties with Deadpool. And we thought Spider-Man was now going to separate itself from that one. Really, I think business sense, keeping all that hooked in, Marvel's going to be promoting the Spider-Man movies yep. just by having those characters pop up in their films. Yeah, and I think that's the, that is that's really with the line that Sony want to run with this is like they're going to get they're going to get their most value out mm. of Spider-Man by giving him to Disney. And I think we were saying this before when when all the talk was about Sony setting up their own Spider-Verse and and taking Spider-Man out of the MCU, just as a business that doesn't make any sense because the biggest advert for your Spider-Man movie is him being in the Avengers movie, is him being in an MCU, oh, yeah. being involved in the biggest, longest running storylines in cinema. That's where you want your character to be. The stuff that's really got its hooks in people and won't let go until Kevin Feige stops making films, <laughs> which I don't think he'll ever do. Uh, please don't. Uh, and with Venom, I think it's Venom's been very successful by itself. Mm. But having that connected to the MCU is only going to help it. And stuff like Craven the Hunter and Morbius, characters that are really not that familiar, having that linked into the MCU Marvel yeah. branding is going to help that as well. But we have the second half of the story. I know one of their long-term goals, that's Sony, is to make Sinister Six. That's kind of the project we're all waiting for. Their vision of the bad guys from the Spider-Man universe. Mm. So, Sony want to play ball with MCU, and they also want to develop their own super bad guy team movie, Avengers vs. Sinister Six? Ooh. Ooh. Don't, I think I quite like that. Um, I don't think they'll do it, but no. I think I think the Sinister Six would be so... Like, that's their own little project that they can be like, we did it ourselves. Mm -hmm. Look at what we've done. And then Spider-Man as the hero can be the thing that bounces backwards and forwards. And I think, yeah, they've always wanted to set up a, some sort of Spider-Verse universe. Um, but the Sinister Six might be the best way to do it. And they teased it at the end of uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, um, the Andrew Garfield film, uh, a long time ago, where they, they sh there was that shot at the end where they were in the, uh, the vault and there were all the various outfits for various Sinister Six characters. So if, I guess, Amazing Spider-Man 3 had happened, we would have seen sort of the growth into that group mm -hmm. and now they've obviously decided that actually because the multiverse is a thing they've actually set up most of the sinister six characters you've we've already seen 
Doctor Octopus. We've already seen the Green Goblin. We've already seen Sandman. We've heard the Green Goblin. Oh, you mean no? But I mean, I mean, in we've these there are characters. Yeah, there are faces and characters of Mm. a lot of the Sinister Six. There's, there's, yeah, Sandman's been in it. Green Goblin, Doctor Octopus, Mysterio. We've seen. We've seen the Vulture. Uh, so the, and we've seen Electro. So actually, we've seen the original lineup of the Sinister yeah. Six in films, recent like, at recently. Yeah, pretty recent. The trailer. So if you just go, hop, boop, you've got the ready-made film mm. now. They don't. They don't have to do any more setup films to have a Sinister Six movie anymore because you can just go. Yeah, no, it's just the ones that we that people like. <laughs> and we've already seen that. Uh, Michael Keaton's Vulture, who's mm. of course in Spider-Man Homecoming in the MCU, is in that Venom 2 trailer. So he's going to be a feature in it. A feature Vulture. A Vulture feature. I think the other thing, yeah, I think the other thing to consider about it is the, the multiverse offers you the option to fix the characters that didn't gel the first time. Because mm-hmm. I think obviously everyone's excited by the idea of Alfred Molina's Doctor Octopus coming back because that was the best Spider-Man film. Fight me. Arguably uh, one of the arguably one of the greatest superhero movies ever. Not yeah, just best absolutely. Spider-Man movie. Absolutely. Uh, and then Green Goblin. I think people people really like mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. If that's what we're going to go with, um, you could fix Sandman. You could fix Electro. You could you can have the same actors. You can have the same setup, but you can put them into the sort of realm of being closer to the comic book character if you wanted to. You could bring Mysterio back to life. Spoiler for the last Spider-Man film. But give him actual powers this time. So he's not just he's not just an illusionist with lots mm. of drones. He literally has Mysterio's proper abilities. What do you want to see from Sinister Six? Do you want to see just Spider-Man take on the Sinister Six? Or do you want to see them get involved in like a big phase-ending uh, storyline in the MCU? Let us know in the comments. What, what? James Bond's No Time to Die is out in cinemas right now. Oh God, I'm so excited. We never thought this day would come. So when I hear the title, Mm. I hear this is No Time to Die. Mm. James. James. Don't stop dying. This is No Time to Die. No Time to Die. Or other interpretation, "Ah, I've got no time to Mm, die. Time to die. Both of those tell me I'm gonna die. Yeah. You know, when you put it so explicitly in the title, I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen. I think this is the end of the era of Daniel mm-hmm. Craig as James Bond, whatever way you shake it, and whether that is this this iteration of James Bond dies off, and the next iteration of James Bond comes in in the same way that you know Casino Royale retconned the James Bond universe. Essentially, do we get that again? Or is this more like a, you know, a ceremonial passing of the torch mm. to the next James Bond? And also, I feel like some sort of MI6 female team, you know, of spies who are going to be in like a spin-off universe. I feel yes. like that's kind of a direction that they're pushing. Like the trailers really sort of lead me to believe that that might be what's going on. I've got a pitch for the next Bond villain. Go on then. Owns a giant shipping website worldwide thing mm. he's bald you know he's got the shaved head he's he's got a base in space yes that he flies up to jeffrey bezos <laughs> you did it 
Um, but let's have a look at the reviews. Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian has said, No Time to Die is startling, exotically self-aware, funny and confident, and perhaps most of all, it is big. Big action, big laughs, big stunts. Digital Spy said, as an experience, it delivers all the spectacle you'd expect from a 007 movie, throws a few surprises in along the way, and proves to be an entertaining, affecting, and bold finale for Daniel Craig. You can book your tickets for No Time to Die in the video description below, the link's right there. But hey, we're telling you to watch it. What does that, who are we? Mm. How about Daniel Craig himself is now gonna tell you to watch the movie in the cinema? How do you feel for the film to finally be in the theatres? I can't tell you. I mean, I mean, listen, it's been a really tough year and a bit and more than a, nearly two now. So we have to kind of keep things well in, well in perspective. But I would, it would have been a tragedy if this movie had gone into a, on, on streaming and, and, and it would have been what it was. But that, I, I was so desperate for not to be. And thank, thanks to you know, the, you know, the, the Universal and MGM having, um, holding their nerve and just mm -hmm. keep it. And we, so we're finally here and I can't wait. This movie, all Bond movies, all movies should be in the cinema and this one especially. And I just can't wait for people to see it. Also out now in cinemas, we've got The Many Saints of Newark, which is The Sopranos prologue. You know, any Sopranos fan, you've got to go and watch this. James Gandolfini's son plays a young Tony Soprano. So, so cool. You can also still get tickets to see Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Malignant, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, and Free Guy. There's links to book all of those films in the video description below. But there's so more many movies coming out in the next couple of months. We've got Dennis the Director's Doom. Dennis the Director. We've got Spider-Man No Way Home. All, you know, the, the, all the Venom stuff we've been talking mm. about, the Sinister Six potential. You know, that could be our next clue of what's happening there. We've got the Eternals. Eternals! Mm. Ghostbusters! There is a lot to see in the cinema before the end of the year, and one of the best ways to go and see it is using a Cineworld Unlimited card. Yeah, so usually you have to get a Cineworld Unlimited card for a whole year, that's the term. But Cineworld, right now, are doing a special offer that expires at the end of October, where you can get it for a three-month period, and then you can decide whether it's for you or not. So you're only gonna spend 30 quid over three months to watch unlimited movies. You get a discount on sort of popcorn and drinks and stuff when you're there as well. I've had a Cineworld card, Unlimited, for about 10 years, honestly, because it makes financial sense. It is me. such good value. Yeah. And not included in that little video montage there is also the 20th anniversary screening of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, which you can watch from the 29th of October to the 31st in select cinemas. But if you fancy a little bit more event in your cinema, how about pre-bookings for Cliff Richard the Great 80 Tour live on the 27th of October. And now is the time to start getting those pre-bookings in to secure your seat 
at the cinema for some of the biggest movies coming out for the rest of the year, like Venom, Let There Be Carnage. It's out on the 15th of October. What is the post credit scene? You can see that in IMAX, 4DX, ScreenX, and Super Screen. You can also pre-book your tickets to see Dennis, the film creator's Dune in IMAX, 4DX, and Super Screen, and that's going to be released on the 21st of October, and I am so freaking excited. I'm high on the spice melange, Ollie. I'm high on the spice melange. And if you have an unlimited card, you can actually see that film a few days prior in an unlimited screening on the 18th of October. And there are also a bunch of special anniversary screenings, including Scream's 25th anniversary screening on the 12th of October and 31st of October, just in time for Halloween. And also Blade is getting a 4K restoration on October 30th. I recently rewatched Blade. It still slaps. And for those of you who like a bit more event in your cinema, pre-bookings are also open for Cliff Richard, The Great 80 Tour Live on the 27th of October. The links to book any of those and to get your own unlimited card using the special offer is in the video description below. So check those out. What a great show that was, but I teased it in there. We've got even more Bond interview now. So here it is. Sean, how you doing? Yeah, very good, thanks. This is a real, real pleasure to be able to talk to you about this film. Thanks very much. And um, it's it's finally here <laughs> after after all this time. So um, yeah, really delighted to speak to you. Um, I just, to start off with, I wondered, um, this is obviously a franchise that's associated with a singular character who we've you know, known, who's who's adapted and mutated over, over a long time. And I wondered, what are the challenges for you as a director to kind of find that character detail in like in like big action sequences? Uh, that's a first of all, I've never heard anyone use the word mutated for Bond. For <laughs> yeah, I love, I love the, the image it, it creates. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, specifically in terms of finding that character in the action um, from very early meetings with Daniel and the producers and the stunt teams, for example trying to figure out how action sequences could always be driving uh, character forward as well. So I think you haven't seen the film yet, but from the first action sequence, you'll see there's, it's not just to kind of get from point A to point B or escape the baddies. There's, there's other layers that are, that are um, playing out at the same time. And I think that goes for all the action sequences in the film, that there's, a, there's emotional stakes for the character uh, as much as our physical stakes for them. And, um, I don't know if that was particular to, you know, that, whether that required it to be a Bond character to have that kind of, I would say, dogma to the action sequences, but it definitely helped to have Daniel, you know, at portraying Bond because from his very first uh, outing in Casino Royale, he brought a kind of vulnerability and rawness to the character that I think allowed uh, for those layers to be put in. 
And as I understand it, is this the first Bond film that's been shot in IMAX 70 millimeter? If, if, I, if I understand that correctly, and I wondered how did that inform like the the, the sort of the scale of like Bond's like the sort of latest adventure? I mean, uh, I've always wanted to shoot on IMAX, and um, at first, I think it started off as a bluff. Like we just wanted uh, Linus Sandgren, the cinematographer, and I really wanted to shoot on film. Uh, the uh, uh, for example, Skyfall was shot digitally by Deakins, but uh, um, Hoitza shot film on Spectre. We wanted to get back to film again for for No Time to Die. And sometimes you start off saying like, well, you know, we'd love to shoot an IMAX so that 35 millimeter sounds like a really reasonable ask. And they said yes to IMAX. And, and you know, once we started talking to IMAX, you know, and getting excited about the potential there of shooting on the actual film cameras, because there are IMAX films shot digitally as well. Uh, but seeing that 70 millimeter negative or even just the, the, the prints projected on a big screen and just seeing the difference between a 35 print and a 70 mil print was just, it was incredible. I mean, visually it is one of the moments where you have to be there to, to really understand the difference and compare it. want more of those interviews you can go over to the Cineworld blog the link will be in the podcast description somewhere and yeah you can read the full interview we've got the whole thing there fun 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 bond 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 no time for no time to, i'm gonna do the joke again i've got no time to uh, die plenty of time to go over to Cineworld and read the full interview mm. uh, i was going to see no time to die tomorrow mm-hmm. it's it's wednesday as we're recording this thursday is when it comes out and I have been forbidden. Oh no. Because I'm going to Assist the bottom. I'm going to Spain on Saturday for a week and my lady partner has banned me from anything other than work and home. Mm. I'm not allowed to just in case she's so scared that I might catch something. And have you thought about sacking off Spain? to go see Bond. Instead. It's a consideration. If she goes, because she could go to Spain and you could watch Bond every day for a week. Oh, that's not a bad idea. I'm with the unlimited card. You that's actually fine. could. You literally could walk out of one screening and go straight to another one. Yeah. Getting pretty good prices on popcorn and drinks at the oh. same time. I mean, I'll, I'll have a better time. Load up on pick and mix. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was genuinely in a huff. I left the house this morning. I don't usually get in a huff, but when I was told I can't go to the cinema to watch the film that I want to see, I was in a mood. Have you thought about just going during work hours? Yes. Well, yeah, <laughs> I have. That, but I don't... It's, we, a relationship's based on trust. But if you went at, like, 10 a.m., mm. who's going to be there? Yeah, that, I, I said that argument, and she was like, it's opening day... I was like, it's not going to be packed out buena, at, buena. In, at 10 a.m. on a Thursday. Yeah, yeah. But be, then, you would be surprised. Yeah, yeah I say that. I, I went to see Star Wars The Last Jedi at that time. Mm. And yeah, it was actually really packed. This is the thing. <laughs> I, the, the thing. There's a few films that are huge cinematic events. And that is the Marvel movies, a new Star Wars film, mm. a James Bond. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Harry Potter, if that ever happens again. It is Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, and that's not going to be packed out, is it? 
that they should they should say Harry Potter presents or from the Harry Potter verse. Yes, yeah, that would help it, I think. And you should have the opening sting of the movie like a book being flicked, like the old Marvel ones. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's loads of Harry Potter images. I'm glad we've solved their branding. There you go, Warner Bros. Uh, let's have a look at the comments from last week's video. Uh, just, you know, of course we were talking about the potential of Red Death mm -hmm. as the Flash villain. Red Death is an evil Batman who was merged with another Dimension version of the Flash. Uh, on that subject, Aldrin Sabat here says, I mainly wanted to watch this video because I noticed Ollie on it. Ollie has so much charisma. It just makes you want to watch anything he is in because he can make you laugh. Yeah, so what do you think about that? I think you wrote that, is what I think. <laughs> I think Alderon is a nice guy. Yeah, of course you do. Let's see if there's one about Laurie here, Laurie. Oh, here we go, Sir Loserlot1. Mm -hmm. It's Goffy Blake with Ollie Davis. Rock on, me and my tats, my goth tats. And I replied to this saying, yes, he is such a goth. And someone else has replied, Jay Lees, He's got tattoos and is wearing all black on this video. Case closed. Case closed. Only my top <laughs> half is in the video. I'm not wearing all black. Yeah, you were wearing really bright yellow trousers that day and clown I was, shoes. Yeah, absolutely. That's mm, not very my classic. My classic bottom half dress. Uh, so, Stephen Robinson, in the interest of presenting both sides of our wild speculation last week. I think you are thinking way too much about this image. <laughs> it's just one of the many posters that are promoting the movie. It's very likely that it's telling us that Michael Keaton's Batman is teaming up with the Flash in the movie. I seriously doubt it's Red Death. Well, I think that's a fair assumption, but it's fun to speculate. I would say Red Death is, yeah, definitely a long shot in what that image could mean. But if, I mean, if we did remove the possibility of even talking about it and overthinking it, we might as well close YouTube mm. and we might as well close podcasts. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't think there is anything else on YouTube or podcasts that isn't wild speculation apart from documentaries about, like, really overproduced documentaries about murders. <laughs> yeah, it's either speculation about the future or speculation about the past. Yeah, exactly. It's either it's either it's either rewatching a very niche show, Luke Owen. I'm talking to you. Hey, I am knee deep in Star Trek Next Gen right now. But that's not niche. That's beloved. It's. I mean, it's. I still say that Star Trek is a niche. Like I know, it's I know we all watched niches. it because it was on BBC Two. Mm -hmm. We all watched it because it was on BBC mm -hmm. Two. But I don't think I think the fandom is niche of Star <clears> Trek. What's your favourite Star Trek movie? It's my favourite Star Trek movie. I haven't watched many of the Star Trek movies. So, I don't know. The second one of J.J. Abrams. Oh, like, what? Into Darkness? Yeah, with Khan. With Benedict Cumber... Khan. Yeah, Cumber Khan. Ben Khan. <laughs> ben Cumber Khan. Ben Khan. Uh, yeah, I didn't love that one. But I haven't rewatched it since it was in the cinema. Look, I said the one that I remembered. Mm -hmm. I didn't even remember the title of it, Ollie. Well, I was tired on Monday. Mm. Watched Wrath of Khan. Oh, just, yes. just for some comfort viewing. God <sighs> damn! William Shatner is such a good actor. I forget because he's a parody of himself now. Mm. But he's actually a phenomenal Shakespearean actor. Mm -hmm. Chewing all the scenery in the best way. And then last night, my lady partner was out. I was like... Dare I? Search for Spock? Yes. <sighs> yes, you did. So now, 
I've done two thirds of the unofficial trilogy. I'm gonna watch, uh, oh, what's the one where they go home? It's Star Trek Four, where they go back to Earth, oh. present day. And it's all this like, they've got to rescue the whales. Have you seen this one? No, I've not seen this one. Yeah, I just want to talk to someone about it because no one wants to talk to Read some more comments. Read some more, you've only okay. done two. Okay. Uh, Coco D, saw Malignant and Shang-Chi this week, both pretty good. Mm. So that's a vote of confidence there from Coco D. Mild honestly, praise indeed. Yeah, Shang-Chi honestly is, well, it's, I think it's the highest grossing film of the year now, and deservedly so. Uh, Oisin Lynch, I feel like the Red Death could be simplified down pretty simply. In this universe, the Bat family all get killed fighting crime, so Batman, knowing Flash can time travel, loses it and tries to rob his power, but fuses with him and goes on a rampage. You don't have to do the, mark, the dark multiverse and stuff immediately, although I feel it would be pretty cool to touch on. So that we're like, we got into it that doing all the dark multiverse side of things before you've even really established a multiverse yeah might be a bit too much too soon well, so that's a way to get red death in there it's running before you can walk yeah oh yeah quite fitting for a flash movie mm. well maybe they will do it then mm. uh sorry we shouldn't speculate no no it's very unlikely well rain happen. it in rain it in uh and alderan sabbat says i mainly wanted to watch this video because i noticed ollie in it ollie has so much charisma <laughs> it just makes you want to watch anything he is in because he can make you laugh like that little laugh right there from Laurie. Oh, can't believe this is my job. Uh, Kendall, tailor-made gift from above Taylor. That's a strange YouTube name. Mm. Uh, please let it be Red Death as the villain. We didn't get to see much of him in the comics. Uh, Lol, Death Metal was awesome. It'd be awesome to see it on <coughs> in real life on the screen. Uh, I think we'd lean into where DC wants to go with their movies as well because to differentiate yourself from Marvel, DC wants to remain pretty grimdark, I mm -hmm. think. They, they want to keep that kind of grit and grizzle with their movies. And uh, yeah, I think going doing something like uh, Death Metal would really, really lean into that kind yeah. of rock vibe. Uh, and finally for now, Stephen Caruthers. It's going to be Thorn and the Bats. So Thorn is reverse flash. And the bat suit with the flash sign on will be a makeshift suit for Barry to wear after he causes Flashpoint. So that was another thing. Like if if Barry now is in a, a world where he doesn't have the flash powers or the flash suit, and he's found Batman, Batman could be like, "Oh, here is one of my suits. Mm. Let's make it flashified." That's flashification. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us here today. Of course, please do subscribe. Uh, and go over to the YouTube version of this video and leave us a comment there because we'll answer them next week. What should we, what's the challenge? Sinister Six lineup? Oh yeah, your dream Sinister Six mm. lineup, but from any comic book. <gasps> what, even DC? Yeah, why not? That's the Suicide Squad though. Kind of, not really. Yeah, but let's, let's make some match. Let's, yeah. let's see, see what, let's see what the best lineup you can put together is. Mm. And also, Put your reviews of No Time to Die in there as well, because I certainly have time to read them. I'm excited. Subscribe. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.